Yeah, world travelers, this is Judgmentalist here, taking you around the world, and today we got something a little special for you. We are uh, getting ourselves back into the Vegas entertainment scene. We have a special guest here today. Not only Big Sexy is with us as always, but uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about Mad Apple, and now we have with us here the man from the show, Mr. Harrison Greenball. The one, the only, Harrison Greenbaum. What's up, my man? Hey, thank you. I want that on the poster. The man from the show. <laughs> yes, that's it. The man from Harrison Greenbaum. The man from the show. <laughs> that's going on the website. That's right. That's right. It's in your bio. That's in your bio now. How you doing, good sir? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. And uh, yeah, coming to you live from uh, Las Vegas. I love it. I love it. Uh, now, you've been, you've made the circuit. You've uh, made the round with, with the scoops, the scoops who have podcasts. <laughs> um, I think the only, only one left for you now is uh, Hey Buddy Nice podcast. Uh, and I'm sure Brogan and Wayne would love to have you on at some point in time. Um, but today... You're with us at Big Sexy Digital Nomad. So again, welcome, sir. I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, I have, I have. Uh, this is going to be a little different than all the different ones you've done before because everyone talks about, you know, how did you get into performing and you know, tell us your story and tell us about, you know, Magic Camp and all that kind of stuff. But and you guys are like our, age, height, weight. What was the what was the uh, old age? ASL, thing? ASL, age, yes. sex, uh, location, age, sex, location. There we age go. Sex location. Oh damn, ASL. Fuck. That took me back. Uh, back in the AOL it chat room days. It was all, you were talking to creepy men the whole time. That's what we found time. later they on. Lied. We, ASL, they lied. Yeah, everybody was twenty-two male or twenty-two female, Los Angeles. No, you're not. Man, like, I don't know if I've told you about this, Big Sexy, but back in that time. You, you know, were in we're my 22 about, like, lady Los Angeles? It was you the whole time? Me, the whole time. <laughs> late, late, I guess it was late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I, I somehow got linked up as basically an affiliate for some phone sex line. And basically they gave me some phone number. And it was, I think it was like a Caribbean exchange or something like that, right? And if I got, if people called it and my specific number, I had nothing to do with the calls on the other end. It basically, if it went through that call, I got credit for it. And they were charged like $3.99 a minute and I'd make like two bucks a minute. So I would go into chat rooms. I would pretend to be, you know, whatever I needed to pretend to be. And then when it was time, hey, we should talk offline. Here's my number. Boom. And then I would ghost. And it was back in the dial-up days, wow. so I could get out of the chat room being like, hey, give me five minutes. Here's the number. I got to log off so I can open up the phone line. Like, I made it look all legit and everything, and then I would dip out. No, you, have, you have definitely not shared your porn, <laughs> porn phone days uh, when you used to make money on the side. Uh, we need to get you on the side hustle to talk about your porn phone days. I could probably get in trouble for that. I don't know. The statute of limitations, I'm sure, have long since expired. Yeah. This is amazing. I think we've been in the podcast for three minutes, and you've already admitted to a crime. Yeah. yeah I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, we did, well, this is like episode 19 or 20. Like, oh, oh, we learn something new every fucking week. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> but Harrison, so what I wanted to uh, uh, have you on and chat about is actually your experience 
coming from New York to Vegas, right? And that 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 travel experience, right? How that uh, I love the story behind us. So we definitely want to hear that, but also the 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 little shit, right? The the what flight you took, what you know, uh, uh, <laughs> how you know, where'd you end up staying? How how would like what'd you end up packing? Like that kind of yeah. you know, travel madness around coming out to visit, and then suddenly this is now where you are. Yeah. Uh, well, I try to subscribe in my travels, but Seinfeld had a quote, which was, uh, eat right, pack light, uh, work tight, uh, which is not a bad uh, mantra. Not bad. Not bad and I, I tend to do this thing where I pack really well and tight. Like it's just, a, it's like, it, it's efficient and it fits in a carry on. And then the last five minutes before my flight, I squeeze everything I can into it. Like, but what is if I need this? It's like that scene in uh, The Jerk where he just keeps grabbing objects. Right. Well, I need my lamp. <laughs> it's me the on the way out to like JFK. <laughs> but what if, I, what is if I need to do this magic trick? All right, shove that on the back. Um, with, with this thing, um, the, I, I got a call. I actually just traveled in. I was in uh, one of the Carolinas. <laughs> I was in Charleston um, doing a really fun gig, actually. Um, it was an outdoor gig um, that was on like a Friday. So I'd flown back Saturday morning or no, sa- sorry, it would have been, it was, it was, it was already dark when I got back. So I must've flown out. And then by the time I landed, it was dark. Right. Um, I'm I'll go crossing the bridge and I get a call uh, saying, Hey, we are going into our first live shows with an audience for mad apple. It's this new Cirque du Soleil show thing. Um, do you, we, we need a comedian to fill in for one day. Can you be on a plane tomorrow? We can get you a flight for 7 a.m. And wow. you'll be in the show by 7 p.m. Uh, so I basically had to unpack everything, <laughs> uh, switch out uh, dirty underwear for clean wow. underwear. Um, and and just so it was really that was actually an easy pack because it was just substituting everything in there for the other thing. Uh, and then <laughs> grabbing up. my jaws in. Sock exactly. Up. Socks in. Nice. That was the whole process. Um, and then for my magic act, my magic act, I can fit pretty much my whole 90 minute show in a carry on, um, okay. which is sort of the benefit of having a lot of stand up comedy in the act is that, right. the, it, it, you know, it plays big. Um, so I, I basically grabbed my magic suitcase. Uh, I think I actually did. I oh no, I don't think I checked a bag. No, I think I managed. I did that one. And uh, I think that was all carry on to um, carry on. I wow. try if I can not check a bag. That's my preference, especially with my magic act. Um, if if you give me a choice, I will check my clothing over my magic act. Right, right. Yeah. Because um, I need the magic act to get there. Yeah, 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 I can buy new clothing. The act is a lot more it's like a lot harder to replace. Right. Right. Um, so I get to Las Vegas. They put me up in the New York, New York. Uh one day turned into two days, two days turned into a week, the week turned into a, a full-length contract. Now do they uh, do they keep like uh do they keep saying like, okay, hey, uh, we're renewing your um, your flight's now going to be this? And or, well, originally or they, they were like, oh, don't worry, we'll buy you a flight back. And I was oh, like, God, okay, okay, when is oh. that flight? So after the <laughs> I did the show on Sunday, I was like, so my flight's what Tuesday or was it Wednesday? When when is what is the flight? And they said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And then they were like, hey, can actually do you mind? We're going to do a show on Tuesday. We'll get you a flight Wednesday. And I said, okay. And then on Wednesday, they're like, hey, we'll get you a flight Thursday. And then all of a sudden, it just kept getting pushed. And then uh, by Saturday, I was like, okay, Saturday is your last live show. Then you have four days of just rehearsals. 
before you're back doing live shows again. Right. Um, so if you need me in the show, I need to go back to New York. <laughs> I need to go back to New York because I only packed like three pairs of underwears because I was trying to be as right. efficient as possible. Right. I um, thought you were going to be here one day, right? And I thought I was going to be there for a day. I was like almost basically overpacked with three underwear. Um, right. So I I had them book me. The last show of that like like week long run was a Saturday, and uh, there you that show we only did one show that night. So I was able to get a red eye flight. So I literally went straight from the show to the airport. Oh Jesus! Uh, so I landed the next morning, like Monday, Sunday, Sunday morning. I was able. My parents picked me up uh, on the way to visit my family. We had a scheduled family thing on Sunday anyway. Oh, wait, I made so, it. So let me get this straight. So you left the show, yeah, in Vegas. Yes, Saturday night. The airport. Then from the airport, then you fly all the way to New York. Yep, land in JFK. The parents like 15 minutes from my parents yep. and take you to a family event in New Rochelle, which is in Westchester. Yeah. <laughs> Do you at least get a chance? Do you sleep? Are you a plane sleeper? Can you sleep on a flight? I usually can. Uh, I'm somehow getting worse at it. I used to be like out immediately. Um, so I, red eye flight is fine. I, especially to New York, like the time difference um, coming here is great. Coming right. from New York to Las Vegas, it's ostensibly three hours. It's not a big deal. You could leave at 9 a.m., be here at noon. Right. Uh, it's the other way that's rough. If you leave at 9 a.m., you're, you're missing the whole day. So yeah, I almost prefer gone. doing a red eye the night before. So I hit the ground running. I'm there in the morning. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Which is actually a similar thing when I taped I taped uh, Sherry, which is a daytime talk show about a month ago. Uh, and they wanted to tape it on a Thursday. We're, we're off Wednesdays, Thursdays. So I said, find me a red eye flight on Tuesday. So I, I did all the shows, brought all my stuff to the theater. Uh, I actually Ubered to the theater so I didn't have my car stuck in the New York, New York parking garage for multiple days. Yeah. Uh, and I went, I took a 1 a.m. indirect flight uh, Tuesday night so I could land in New York around like noonish. How, how, how often have you made that trip back and forth from Vegas to New York since since that that initial uh, only twice. Around. I'd like to do it more. Um, the thing that scares me is obviously like I, I try to fly back Thursday night. So I give me that little flexibility. The right. fear is that, you know, I never want to be stuck in New York and then Friday's coming and I don't know how to get back. Right. Um, so that, that keeps me up a, night a little bit. Right. Especially with the way, the way air travel has been. Uh, oh yeah. Recently. <laughs> now, now you were a touring comic, correct? Like when, when you, Oh yeah. I mean, two, three, four planes a week for sure. Oh, and this wow. thing was weird because it's one thing to move to Las Vegas, but you were asking which hotels and stuff. I moved into the New York, New York, because I had, I only had, you know, 12 hours notice, essentially. So I didn't have a place in Las Vegas. I didn't, I, I didn't really didn't even know what neighborhoods there were. Um, I very quickly found out that Henderson and Summerlin are sharks and jets. And anybody <laughs> in Henderson will tell you Summerlin sucks. And anybody in yeah. Summerlin will tell you Henderson sucks. And so you can't right. get a straight answer. Um, turns out they're both very nice. That's yeah, yeah. the reality. I know yeah, it's controversial yeah. to say, but both there are two places that are nice, at least. At least. And, then, uh, and there are several places that are not. So I'm glad you didn't end up that's like, true. That's in true. Uh, North Las Vegas <laughs> uh, or East Las Vegas, which are not as nice as either Henderson or Summerlin. I would say if it's, if it's a place in Vegas that sounds like it could be a, a, a city somewhere else in the world, it's probably a nice spot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of the Henderson both just sound nice. They sound pleasant. They sound nice. Sound wonderful, right? But like yeah. paradise, that doesn't sound real. And, <laughs> and it's not. And it's not. Right. People who live in paradise, like, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all not real. 
live <laughs> in Vegas and, and it shows. But, but yeah, yeah so I, I moved into the New York, New York for about a month and a half. Um, so I went from living in New York to living in New York, New York, uh, still How doing a that? show. It, it was like, it's like, move, it's like being Mexican and then moving into the Mexico pavilion in Epcot. It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. It's you're moving into the simulation of a hologram. It's, it's, uh, it's insane. It makes no, your brain can't even process it. Cause you're, you're still in New York kind of. Right. Right. Now, now, uh, during that month, did you get a chance to venture out uh, and look around and like where you're scouting places to live, where you, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you enjoy the fact that you're in a casino for a month and a half and just and own that. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I knew I had limited time to be in that hotel and that I needed to find a place. So it was any free time that I had, I was taking Ubers to just random. I mean, I there was one house that I saw. Is this interesting to listeners? I hope this is. The topic that you want me to this talk about. This is the about. kind of shit our listeners are, are, are listening. They're, they're listening for travel shit. And, you know. Okay, good. Um, um, you know, because, again, we, we our listeners, uh, this is the travel comedy podcast, right? So we talk about, again, it's about digital nomading and, and moving around and, yeah, and travel yeah. hacks and stuff like that. And, and and uh, yeah, so this is the kind of shit I, I hope our listeners love. They don't have, they never, they don't tell us shit. <laughs> uh, but we'll hear about it if it's not. So uh, I won't tell you. But yeah, so I, I saw as many houses as possible. And my favorite house. So I was with this guy and I was, I didn't have a car at this point, um, which it turns out is very important in Las Vegas. If you're trying to get around, you can definitely Uber everywhere, but a car does make things slightly easier. Um, so maybe if I did this again, I probably would have maybe started with a car and then just driven to all the places. Um, but I, there was a very nice real estate broker. I met him at the first house. And then I said, oh, there's this other house on the list. If it's open, we might as well do a two for one. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll call ahead. I'll find out. So he calls ahead. I I must have gotten confused. I thought it was the address of the other house that I had already looked at online. I get there. And I think the mat said something like, uh, civilians tolerated, whores encouraged. Was the mat. Something along the line like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like sex positive and I I appreciate all this stuff, but it was a lot for a showing and uh, (laughs) felt like not necessarily how I would have staged a house if I was trying to get it rented or sold. Did it have one of those welcome to pound town signs over the bed? Oh, we're getting to it. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, you've been to this house? Did oh, I just, it's usually used as like a group house. setting. We all meet there. Nobody exchanges names. The keys go into bowl. It's one of those places, you know? Yeah. So that we ring the doorbell and we just hear a lady go, sorry, coming, coming. And then after like five minutes, she opens the door. She's not really fully dressed. We're like, do you want it? Were you okay? Uh, and she, just, she goes, I'm so sorry. I'm coming down. I took a lot of Molly yesterday. I'm still coming down. Okay. Wow. Interesting way to present yourself at this showing was this house in paradise i don't even remember where it was to be perfectly <laughs> honest i'm probably sure i blacked out part of it i'm sure um, but then we walked around the house there was a lot of dog shit literally everywhere um wow. but there's also in the stripper poles inside the house oh wow uh and then a stripper pole outside the house 
which seems remarkable because it was metal and it's very hot in Las Vegas. Right. I don't know if a stripper could really use that pole effectively without hurting time frame wise. You're talking about like June, July, right? Like the yeah. hottest. Right. The hottest. Why is there a metal pole outside? <laughs> no one should be swinging from that. Uh, it was it was bizarre. I mean, I think it was like an OnlyFans house. Each bedroom had like sort of decorations and uh, whiteboards with tallies. And God bless them. <laughs> God bless them. Um, but it was just this weird thing where it's like, I don't think they knew this house was being shut. But like they acted very like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're moving to a bigger house. Like we've been very successful. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, if, but if you want to get the house rented, maybe – I don't. I don't know. It didn't feel like the best. Yeah, well, or, or they're looking for certain clientele. Maybe yeah, you know. Maybe, maybe they're not looking for just renters. They want you know business as well. Hey, you can rent here, and if you have a side hustle, you can go ahead and film in this room over here. This is our safari room. This is our dungeon. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the selling point. I was tempted. I was very tempted. <laughs> I'm gonna be perfectly honest. If it wasn't the house was not like the right. It just. It, but man, that would have been great. Yeah, but man, that would have been. I would have loved to have a safari room. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's my dream. I want to have a couple of rooms in my future house that when you open the door, it's just Narnia. Yes, all the the tropical plants. Like the temperature is set at a different than all the rest yes, of the house. You're like, there's just a beach. Why is there just a beach in one of the rooms? <laughs> and where's the music coming from? There's a tortoise, an actual tortoise. <laughs> This is what uh, I dream about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I was I was uh uh listening and when we when we did um uh uh ICS, when we were at ICS together, um, you know, and I was uh hearing the tales and they talk about and they're re- rehashing or whatever, I uh was thinking, you know, oh, well, he that that struck me. He went he came from New York, New York. And of all places to land in, New York, New York. Yeah, exactly. Now, now did they, did, did the high, the folks, the powers that be, did they hire you because you were a New York comic? So you could add more authenticity to Mad Apple? Or was it just like you knew somebody and and they knew you and, and it happened that way? Or did the fact that you're from New York kind of play into uh, that aspect at all? I think it definitely did. I mean, the show is a, a New York themed show and the idea is to give this sort of experience of like this wild night out in New York City. And they, they've always thought we really want there to be the stand-up comedy component um, because that's what, like, if, you're, if you're running around New York City, you might end up in a comedy club and it's known for its comedy. And it's also known for a distinct style of comedy. Um, so, you know, when, when they hired me, I think one of the reasons they kept me <laughs> Is they saw it came on stage and uh, I can't help but be very New Yorky. <laughs> it's and in your blood. Jewy. And Jewy. Which is also very New York. It's also very New Yorky. Very New Yorky. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a human bagel. Uh, so I think that's definitely part of it, you know, like um, and also, you know, the the show is a Cirque du Soleil show, but they had acquired a company called The Works. Um, this was like, I think they acquired them in 2019, but they're the company responsible for, uh, the illusionists. Okay. Uh, I'd worked with the works before on the illusionists. I did a show called the unbelievables. Um, so they were, they, they were familiar with my work. So, Got it. so that definitely, I mean, when they were thinking about 
comedians and stuff, I think I was top of mind because they had already, you know, seen what I've done. Excellent. Wonderful. Now, when you were uh, traveling, when you were touring as a comedian and stuff like that, like, uh, um, when, are there any, uh, travel, like, do you have, have you garnered any travel hacks over the year? You already said you pack light and tight. Um, but like, uh, do you do the, the quick check-in, whatever that shit's called? And, uh, do you try to fly first class? Like what, what are you, what are your, what are your travel, um, habits? Travel hacks. So the one thing that a comic told me maybe too late, I wish I, I think it's something you start from the very beginning of your career, which is you pick one airline. It probably varies based on where you're based out of. Right. Um, but I, I'm a Delta boy. Um, <laughs> you pick one airline and you stick with it so that you get all your points in one place and you can get status. And that makes a big difference. Um, at the very beginning, I took whatever flight was cheapest because that was all I could afford. Right. Um, and so your points get scattered and you, it's hard to earn status on any airline. Um, so like getting that kind of medallion status or whatever the program is with the airline that you choose, that's a really big, that's a big thing. And then, you know, it, maybe it's a little bit more expensive sometimes, but you're going to get much better treatment. The points are all going in the same place. Right. Um, signing up for credit cards. If you're going to sign up for a credit card, one that works well with that airline that you've chosen, that's always good. Um, so that's super, super helpful. Um, travel hack wise, you know, I, I love having my little tech bag. I like having little bags. I have like my toiletry bag and it has a little hook on it. And so I can hang it when I get there. So I don't okay. have to pack and repack it. You can just hang up. All, boom. Everything is there. Toothbrush, comb, all the stuff. And then I zip it up and go. So like I love I love good travel gear. That's really really helpful to me. Um, Apple AirTags. This is a new travel thing. I love the Apple AirTags. I stick them in everything. What is that? Is They're that, is that the like, like a, a tile type, so you don't lose your luggage. So I used to have tile. Tile was okay. Um, tile was fine. Um, the beauty of Apple AirTag is it's in the Apple ecosystem, and so God forbid you lose something, it's pinging off of every iPhone around it, and there's a lot more iPhones in the wild and Mac products than there are tiles or people that have iPhones that are signed up for the tile service. Right. Um, so the pinging is a lot more effective. Um, you could stick that thing. There's times where I've stuck that thing in my suitcase and then I just track it, make sure I, it's gotten on the plane. <laughs> uh, I know somebody who was tracking it and it, they didn't see it get on the plane. So they told a stewardess and they were like, Oh shit. And they managed to save themselves from a bag, not coming with them. Oh, oh nice. wow. So it is, it is very useful to have. Um, it's also cool because you can track it and you see when it's come. If you do have to check a bag, you kind of know when it's about to come out because you see it get closer, 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 closer. So you basically have like an automatic alarm. That, so you don't, you're not just waiting and looking at every bag going, is that my bag? Is that my bag? Oh, you've um, literally sold this to me. Yeah, you can get them as a, like a three pack. It's great. Um, my, my mom also bought me, uh, my parents bought me th these like metal luggage tags that are just like, red metal tags that have a big H on them. Um, and I put that on my suitcases because most of my suitcases are black and most people's suitcases are black. Um, right. So I, putting something to identify your suitcase is a, is a no brainer. Anytime I see a bag that just goes by with like no tags and I'm like, how do you know that that's your Samsonite? Right. Like put the wilder, the better, honestly. My dad used to put like a rainbow strap around his bag. Like just whatever you can to like yeah, make sure your bag stands out is so helpful. Yeah, part of our swag is our our uh, digital uh, big sexy digital nomad luggage tags. There we go. Uh, so that you know, folks can you know throw the luggage tag on it, 
it's there. You can recognize it, you know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of wrapping something colorful around the handle, something that's unique to you. Yes. You can see it from a mile away and just grab it. A hundred percent. Noise canceling headphones are a must. <laughs> like for an airplane, don't travel without those. Right. Uh, I have a little bag. I have a, like a little bag that I can put my like laptop, my joke notebook, a pencil, like all the things I kind of want in, in the front part of my seat, mm-hmm. like in the little pocket, it all goes in one little case. So as soon as I get wow. to my seat, I pull the whole thing out. It goes in my, into the little packet, into the little pocket. Uh, and that's all the stuff that I need, that I could possibly need. So I'm not like rifling through a giant backpack. Have you ever flown Spirit? I have. I think I've flown them all. So I, that that was probably one of the biggest what the fuck moments when I got on Spirit is they don't have a pocket. Oh no! The chair in it's front when you get is bulkhead just, sometimes, like in the first elast- row, is just elastic straps. Yes, <laughs> two elastic straps on the back of the seat. I'm a yeah, it'll hold a piece of paper up against it, but motherfucker, I want to put, I, I want a pocket. Yeah, I'm like, what's I got to shove in here? I, put, I usually put my bottle in it, my snacks. You know, I utilize that pocket. So when I got, man, I said, I, I can't. And, and then, oh, yeah, so. You, you know, you have a, they pulled all those spirit planes off of the lot that, that films um, um, uh, Temple of Doom, right? It's that plane every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> yes. Every time. Yeah, it's, it's that hopper. I swear I hear the Indiana Jones music every time I fly that. It's the plane from Waterworld, the Universal show. It's the one that has been lit on fire 40,000 times. And yes. they go, you know what? We can't use it anymore. We need a new stunt plane. Give it to Spirit. They'll take They'll it. Paint it right. yellow and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, when you, as you're traveling, do you, do you also do the um, – do you stay like in the same hotel every time or do you bounce around with different properties? I try to be close to my when, venue. When you, when you were, when you were, when you were being yeah. There. No, I always tried to be close to the venue, so that was a little bit harder. Because um, my my dream, I I like, especially if I'm doing a gig for only a few days, I like to be able to just like wake up and then go to the lobby and then walk out and then be walking distance to the to the venue. Oh, gotcha. That's like my dream. Um, so if I if I can find a hotel that's close, that's that's what I'm usually going for. But most of the gigs that I do. The hotels could sort of predetermined. It is like especially right. it's like a private event. You're usually staying in the hotel where the event is. Right. Um, so it's a lot harder to be brand specific with that. I mean, pretty sure. I mean, now now you're getting to be such a big name. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, just demand where they place you. You'll be able to put that in your writer. Well, my dream, my dream. This is how I looked at my career. There was a period where I was taking Greyhound buses to a lot of places, and I promised myself. I said, "You're going to get at least successful enough." That you you could tell you no no more greyhounds you won't have to take a greyhound <laughs> bus you at least can afford to take the train, and that was honestly my first goal was just I just want to be able to take the train, uh, and then the goal was like okay now we're just doing flights and then I was like ooh one day it would be great that I if you're gonna hire me for a gig it's got to be business class, and then nice. first class like you know you work you ladder your way up you work your way up. Um, I'm not in the like. I only fly private. There's a there's a handful of comedians that are that famous that they just only fly private, like Seinfeld. Like that's right. crazy. Like who? Right. That's that would be a wonderful place to be. I am not in that place. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I remember. I remember just making the jump from greyhounds to to trains. Greyhounds oh, wow. are the are the worst. 
Right. Because they well, would just I, cancel them or they would get lost. Like I had one time where the – I think it was a Fungwa bus actually, but the driver got lost and we were like giving him directions like on our phone. Oh, no, it was a Greyhound. It was a Greyhound. Back up, back up, back up. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Where, where were you headed? From where? You know, this was so long ago. I'm literally I, – I haven't thought about this story in a really long time. I believe I was trying to get to like Connecticut. Like maybe it was like New Haven or something like that. It wasn't a crazy – it wasn't crazy. Um, but it was one of those ones, like you look, there was some, the problem in New York where you don't have a car, I started to just rent cars and that, that sort of helped with some of these gigs. But if you didn't want to drive there or they couldn't pick you up from a local train or bus station, you would have to take like a series of buses to get close enough that it was reasonable. Oh. Um, especially pre Uber too, like pre, like with Uber, right. then if there was a 20 minute gap, you could, you can make that with an Uber. Um, that didn't cost a thousand dollars. Um, but I was taking this Greyhound from like some local area and we kept waiting for the bus. And that's the thing about Greyhound is it's like, you have a ticket that says two o'clock, but they'll oversell it. And it, and we were just waiting and I, we were, this one wasn't even oversold two o'clock just comes and goes. And there just is no bus and no bus and like three o'clock comes and there is no bus and we're all freaking out. And they're like, what do you want to do? Like, we don't have a bus. And you're like, yeah, but we have a <laughs> right. ticket. Like there's zero care. So like four o'clock. So we're all like furious. And like the, we're all like hours late. They finally find a driver. The driver's like, I've never done this route before. Cause we notice as the bus is going, we know where the bus is supposed to go. And a few mm-hmm. of us are like, that's not the sign for New York city. Like there's a sign that said New York city. And she, she did not go towards it. Oh no. So eventually somebody in the front row literally like took their phone out and like literally navigated this bus driver to the correct location. We were lost. Wow. So the trip that was supposed to take, I don't know, three hours took seven or eight. It's it just crazy. And you're stuck. I mean, you, you're, you're stuck. You're just there. You're just stuck. I was on a bus when I was in college from Boston to New York and we, a wild turkey in Connecticut flew into the windshield smashed the entire windshield the and the this wild turkey was embedded in the windshield oh no and there was a little child they put in the front row you know that front row of a bus where you can just see through the glass and oh, it's kind of a little special seat they gave the child the seat they're like oh my god he's gonna get to like drive the bus and like it was very cute and then this kid was traumatized for life because he saw a turkey <laughs> die brutally i mean he's just in tears then we're on the side of the road and they're like uh we need a new bus we can't proceed so we waited forever for a new bus to come. As soon as we get on the new bus, we realized this new bus doesn't have temperature control. And so Ugh. we're dying in this thing. So oh. then the bus pulls over again and they go, we need a second bus. And Greyhound's like, we don't have enough buses to send a third bus. So we waited another few hours to get a, a third bus. Oh. And they got home. Holy shit. Like, What's that's up with the you experience. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I'll- I would, I'd be like, fuck Connecticut. I'm not going. <laughs> the last bus I took was to Atlantic City because it was the fastest, easiest way to get to Atlantic City. And there's something dire about, I because th- we did two, it was two shows, three nights in a row. So six shows. Um, and it was me and uh, JJ Walker. Yeah. Jimmy Walker. I know my really yes. nice guy. Um, and I for the last gig, I was like, I bet I can make the last bus out. It was like, it was a public bus, but it like one of those buses that ended Port Authority. Woo. But I was like, if I can make it, I can be home tonight. 
Otherwise, I'm waiting for a train or whatever. Right. So I, I was at that bus station. Nobody, somebody should have warned me that that bus station at like 11 or midnight is a little bit sketchy in Atlantic City, <laughs> New Jersey. You, you should know that because I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's a bus station at 11 or 12 o'clock at night that isn't sketchy. Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Not. Like, I, I've, I've been to several bus stations myself. Uh, I used to take a bus uh, from California to Vegas. Um, we would do the Greyhound Run. Uh, and, oh, have you seen the bus station here in Vegas? I you know what drops you off? It drops you off right next door to the plaza. Oh, okay. Downtown of it. Now, when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's, it's, it drops you off in downtown Vegas. Every bus station at 11 or midnight or anything beyond that is sketchy AF. And <laughs> there is somebody there who will stab you. Um, I think who's just waiting for folks to come off to stab them. I think that's just his job. Uh, there's somebody there who's gonna, at least say welcome to Las Vegas right before he does it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know he'll even give you a lay for no reason. He'll give you a lay for no reason, <laughs> and then stab you, and then take your beads and give you beads, and then take them back and take the lay back for the next person. Yeah, I, I, I was amazed. I remember the first time we did it, we we're hyped because we we're coming. To, I'm going to Vegas, hopping on a bus. It'll be cool. I ain't got to drive. I ain't got to worry about it. I know normally it's you know a four and a half hour drive. I live in California, so the four and a half hour drive. I don't got to worry about that. I can just sit back, relax, read a book, listen to music. We hit the bus station about eleven thirty, and I did not want to get off the bus. There was within ten minutes there was a fight. In the bus station between security and a homeless dude. And I don't mean just like an, a yelling match or an altercation. It got physical. physical. Oh boy. It got physical. Like, and the homeless dude threw the first blow. And instead of just being professional and responsible and, you know, containing the issue and calling the police, as you support, this dude must have been a, a fighter. Oh no. Because. He had been waiting for this. You know, you can tell when somebody when somebody's aggravated and aggressive, and they've been waiting for the moment to be somebody. Right. Most ass. people, when a fight starts, they're like, "Oh no!" Some people are like, "Finally, yes." You see the eyes say, "Yes." He proceeded to beat this homeless man's ass. There's if, in, the, in the movie version of this. Right before, right as the guy throws his first punch, we see a timeline of him. He's a child playing Street Fighter. <laughs> He's in high school on the wrestling team. He does boxing overseas illegally because it's the only place that will hire him. He's he getting kicked game. out of gyms over and over again. Yeah, exactly. We see the whole story of his life. He's like, this is my time. Yes. Yeah. He finally you see his father yelling at him. You'll never amount to anything. He broke. He moved to Vegas. He gets a cheap ass job as a security officer because it's the only place that will hire him. And then, then fast forward, the homeless guy hits him in the face and he goes, I've been waiting. <laughs> this moment for all my life. Yeah, he proceeded a luchador mask that he's been carrying in his back pocket. <laughs> and a Bluetooth speaker playing his wrestling theme song. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it was... Denise, Denise, come quickly. I need you to carry a sign that has the number of the rounds. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. So that, that was my first uh, introduction to the Vegas bus station and and i came from the san bernardino bus station which is sketchy 
I've been to the Phoenix bus station, uh, the bus station in the high desert. Like everywhere they go, I feel like if I really wanted it, I could just buy meth very easily. Very easily. Every bus station <laughs> I've ever gone to. Not that I'm looking for meth, but if I was, I could have got it. Joe, you, yeah, ever, I mean, you, ever, you ever bus ride, Joe? Uh, it's been a while. It's been, it's been like undergrad a long time. It was kind of one of those first and last sort of like, nope, we're good. We don't need to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. I took, I took a, a, a Greyhound from Rochester, New York to Baltimore. And it, it's literally like this fucking thing stops somewhere every like 20 or 30 minutes. So even if you're trying to be like, okay, cool. It's it's going to take me eight hours to get there, but I could just sleep through half this. No, because the fucking bus is, is stopping every 20, 30 minutes because it's just, you know, a chain of different stops all along, just filtering people in and out. And it's just like, ugh. So if, yeah. if, if we learn anything on this podcast is fuck buses. <laughs> if you need to take it, do it, but be forewarned. Yeah. Also, just, just be because prepared. the bus is called Peter Pan does not mean it's a fairy tale. <laughs> Now, local right. buses, like, you know, I lived in Chicago for two years, um, you know, and, and when I worked in Baltimore, and went to law school in Baltimore, I would take those buses. So not like a, you know, this city, that city, but throughout the city, those that's a little different, still sketchy, but, you know, in a lot of those parts of town. But the last time I was in Chicago, I was on the L and there was a, it was late at night because it was a flight that got delayed and delayed and delayed. So I'm taking the L from Midway, and of course there was what I imagined to be a, um, you know, a housing impaired gentleman and somebody else that got into a physical altercation in this. Of course, you know, eight, eight train cars. It's got to be in the one that I'm in. It's like I just want to get the fuck where I'm going and go the fuck to sleep, and then you know, go from there. But that was yeah. I wonder if they refer to themselves as housing impaired. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm housing impaired. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you got to feel for them too. Cause it's like, you know, instead of physically fighting them, maybe help them find a shelter. That part. Right. Right. It's, you know, how about get give this guy some help instead of bloodying his face? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I do love trains. A train uh, is nice. A train is nice. nice. What's the longest train ride you've ever taken? I, I took me and uh, my mom took a train ride from California to New York. Whoa! Uh, we, we did a cross country train. The whole ride. thing. Um, How long uh, is that? That took five days, four days. Wow! And do you get off ever? It's it stopped in it's uh it, there was a stop in Vegas, and then and the next stop was in Chicago. And there was Whoa. like a. Did you get off in Chicago or you yeah, stay you got off? In Chicago, you got off okay. in Chicago. There's about a three hour layover, four hour layover. And then, uh, and then from Chicago to New York. Um, wow. And again, it's, it's experience. And we did it for the, the, the aspect of it. Um, I don't know that I would ever do that long of a train ride again uh, because that's a long time. On a tube, yeah, that's just rolling along the countryside, and they're the and the majority of the U.S. is boring as fuck to look at. <laughs> it's a lot of fields, <laughs> a lot of fields, a lot of just open spaces because that's where they put the train tracks. 
Of course. Right? They, they don't drive the trains through interesting scenery because you can't do it because it's a train. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the longest train ride. Yourself? Oh, now, now I sound... I, mine was just nine hours. That sounds like nothing next to five days. <laughs> I was like, I got these guys beat nine hours. That's a long time. Like five days. Yeah. We built in a civilization. We thought maybe we need to start over. <laughs> Elected leaders, we formed a new government. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was on a loop. I thought we just could keep looping around the, the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I thought nine hours was a lot. I was like trying to get yeah. to um, just like deep Pennsylvania, and there's no way, there's no way to fly there. And so I was like, I guess, I guess I'm training it. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting, and this is you know back in the day. Uh, Again, before they added all the, you know, the, before the extra bus rides and, and the extra plane, there weren't that many, you know, uh, airline options and airports and whatever. Like the train was a viable option to get places, right? It was an enjoyable, comfortable ride. You know, you could count, generally, usually count on it being there, right? You weren't at the whim oh, of some yeah. random ass driver. Uh, so I used to take the train, uh, to like Arizona every now and then. Um, so I love, I love trains and I, every now and then I want to do another cross country train. That's why I'm looking forward to moving to the uh, Europe. Right? Oh, the train's uh, there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As a matter of fact, the chill is remarkable. Yeah. She was the same, you know, she was like, okay, how about we, so we're going to go from Barcelona to Malaga and spend some time in Malaga. She goes, here's how much the train ride is there. And it was like 75 euro. Right. And she's like the train. And then from there to Lisbon is like 30 euro. It's amazing. And I'm all, what? It's not like $150 to get from one city to the next. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until we're over there. Uh, and hopping on the train, like I, my dream. We're talking about dreams. My dream is to be able to go to the train station and go. Okay, let's roll the dice. All right, three pops up, third one down. All right, that's where we're going. Hop on the train and go and go check out a new place at random. Yeah. By the way, cool. you mentioned uh, Lisbon, and I realized since we're on a travel podcast, I did a travel show uh, for YouTube. Uh, and the USTA, the United States uh, Tour Operators Association, um, called Recalculating. And Lisbon was one of the cities. So that was a, a very interesting travel experience. What did that entail? Traveling the world, filming a TV show. Did you did you film in, you had you flew to Lisbon and, and filmed in Lisbon? Well, we flew to uh, Istanbul, from Istanbul to Slovenia, and then Slovenia to Lisbon, because we were filming in different locations. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. Oh, it was, what was great. That like? It was awesome. Um, the cities were picked. The USTA kind of helped pick the cities because there were certain requirements. Um, but we had Slovenia, Lisbon, Vancouver, Mexico City, Philadelphia. <laughs> Which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> we wanted to do a couple of local ones um, for a bunch of reasons, but also like let's get some US locations in there. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was great. Flying from Vancouver to Mexico City is really funny because we packed all of our winter stuff. And then flew to Mexico City, and everyone's like, "Why do you have all that winter stuff?" <laughs> wow, so that's why are you a arriving a bubble goose. That's a really hard pack. Right, right, right. Oh man, wow. Where, where do, do you ever have you been? Like a lot of places around the world. Like, are you, are you a really 
I assume now that you really that that says that your world traveled. Uh, are the, are I'm there world places travel, world- but I only really travel for gigs. Like that's always the funny thing is when people go, "Oh, you must have seen every city in the U.S." and I'm like, "You mostly see the shitty ones because <laughs> right. those are the ones that need laughter." Right. <laughs> the, the really fun cities are like we already have a lot of fun. We're good. We got We're it. Good. Um, New Orleans doesn't really have like a standing comedy club. Um, which is interesting. We can talk about why that city, that city has great comedians come out of it and there's great comedy there, but there aren't like chains of comedy clubs there in the way that you go pick any other city and there's like an improv or a helium or a, right. a, a, a wise guys or whatever or there is a laugh factory. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so you go to a lot of weird towns, which is kind of fun. Like I love weird shit. Like I love the, you know, the biggest ball of yarn type shit, like send right. me to a wacky museum because it was one guy's house you know like i was in dubuque iowa and they have the uh, funicular it just the, the the most the most vertical elevator the most vertical funicular and i was like an elevator is the most vertical because it just goes up and down right uh, <laughs> it was like just feel it hearing the story about the rich man who decided it was he was going to build basically a trolley into the side of the hill so he could just come to town and then go back to his house like that stuff is great Wow. That's insane. So I'm assuming you made the drive out to Baker to see the world's largest thermometer. No, but I want to. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The drive The drive uh, from here to Baker is maybe about an hour. Okay. Um, Done. It's in California. Uh, and there's the world's largest uh, LED thermometer. Um in Baker at, at a, and like Baker's one of those dying Western ghost towns, right? Like the only thing holding it, the fact that it's a stop along the 15 from Vegas travelers going from California to Vegas and back. Um, <laughs> you know, again, it's where, where the Arco gas is like almost $2 more a gallon uh, at that one spot. There's a, a, a country store there that has, they should pay me for sponsorship. There's a country store <laughs> there that has, uh, like all types of candy and weird types of soda. Um, you know, it's the first place I ever saw bacon soda. Oh. And, uh, I was, oh, that's what? Like ranch flavored soda. Like why did that exist? What's I've that had ranch thing? soda. So on the East Coast, we just have Cracker Barrel with all that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. But again, it, it, oh, and I drive by it and never realized it was that. You see it all the time. Like you don't recognize monuments when they're in your backyard, right? You're like, oh, no, we have this thing. And I remember watching the thing, like the world's largest thermometer in Baker, California. I'm like, I know Baker, California. What? Oh, that's, a, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, this is giant thermometer tower. Like not a mercury thermometer, just like digital, you know, thermometer. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, if you get a chance, go out and see that. I love all that stuff. I love an escape rooms. I'm a big escape room fan. So when I'm oh, in a new get, city, oh, I just Harrison, can do all just, the escape you're rooms. You're speaking my language. Okay, now now we have to do an escape room. All right. I've done, so, how many have you done? I've done. Uh, much I hope you don't time. beat me again. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should go first. Maybe you should go first. <laughs> 40,000. Just, 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 I'm not <laughs> I, here. I've done 45. Um, <laughs> Uh, just to give you an example, just give you an idea. Me and the wife started a YouTube channel called Black People Escape. Okay, uh, great. Non spoiler reaction and reviews of escape rooms. So, how uh, many have you done? Uh, we've done fifty five. 
Over 200, baby. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yes. Yeah, you got me beat. All uh, right. <laughs> yeah, we've done, um, as a matter of fact, last night, uh, we went to go see Freestyle Love Supreme. Uh, and uh, while we were there, uh, the wife was like, hey, I have a new task. For you. The doors. The rapper said, all of our songs were clues. It's up to you. Yes. <laughs> Dude. Okay. You love escape room. Let me ask you this. When you go in a regular ass office, do you look for clues? I well, there's that I forgot what there's like I feel like there's a name for it. There's this state, like hyper state where after doing an escape room. It's called casing the place. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Because my my like team, like my New York team, um, we'll do six rooms in a row. Like we would travel to oh, a place wow, and just okay. do like six rooms in one day. Like let's just do them all. Yeah, we're not. So after you do six of those things in one day, just boom, boom, boom. Uh, for the next like that night for sure, but even for a little bit later, everything is a clue. You go out to a restaurant, you're like looking at the menu. There's a typo there. I think that means something. That means something. You're yeah. like hyper aware. Yeah, you know, you know we my buy brain- one that that. So when you are doing your Blacksit tour at the time that Wayne and Brogan are going to be in Vegas, and then I'm going to be there, maybe we just get like a crew together you, and attack one. You don't that, think I already have that done. plan? All right, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm, I, 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 you'll hear it here first. Uh, I am currently in talks with uh, Once Upon an Escape, who is the their fairy tale themed escape room here in town, and I've uh, met. Uh, the owner, uh, Kendra Dan. Shout out to Kendra Dan. She's really nice. She's amazing. She's lovely. Um, and I talked about renting out the whole space uh, for a couple hours or like three three hours and doing everybody doing each room uh, as one one final, well, one final Vegas escape room experience. I'm my task that my wife gave me is now I have to find escape rooms and everywhere uh, we're stopping along our tour out of the country because we're doing a road trip we're driving from california to miami before we hop on a boat um and we're stopping in vegas colorado um tennessee uh definitely doing nashville nashville Uh, is actually a room escape room epicenter because um, really? Nashville is the home of the escape game, which is what there, there, there are some escape room chains. Some of them are not so good. Um, that one's actually really, really great. They have, they have the ones in Las Vegas. Um, yes. the ones in Nashville are basically the original ones. They're much larger. Like the playground in Nashville is the biggest playground that I, 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 I know of. Um, they also have a thing called the ruins, which is supposed to be amazing, but like Nashville has a particularly good scene. Um, and then there's another city right outside of Tennessee, um, Murfreesboro, I believe yeah. it's called. Yeah. Right and of they have some of the top escape rooms in the world also. Oh, oh, so like Nashville, Murfreesboro you. happens to be a big escape room town. I'm taking notes. Yes. yes. The uh, home of Middle Tennessee State University. Oh yeah, I'm all about if I if I can do a gig where there's a good escape room that I can do during the day, lock me up, baby. <laughs> all right. So right down the street from where we are in Elkton, we've got a new escape room that I have not done yet. So when you've got free time, you let me know. We'll book you in Elkton. Heck yeah! And Once Upon Escape, uh, the one thing that uh, so I've done all of the rooms at Once Upon uh, an Escape. Okay, I've done two, have of the, a five two minute room. It's yeah, a the two five minute room. minute room, and it's maybe the most 
tense game that they have because it's five minutes. There's zero room for error. Right. Right. Like when you have a 60 minute escape room, you can, there's a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. If you don't solve things immediately, you're done. Yeah. So that was like, my heart was beating so fast. I loved it. I, I think that actually is a very, it was very, very cool. And is, I mean, I don't know. It makes me, it made me, and I'm pretty experienced. It made me so nervous to go into it. That's awesome. Like, minutes. Have you done, how many rooms in Vegas have you done? Oh, I don't know the exact number. I've done a lot of them, but there's still more. There's still more to do. So, uh, have you done the adult escape rooms at Deja Vu? No. There are adult escape rooms at Deja Vu? There's two two, uh, 18 and over escape rooms at Deja Vu. Uh, There's one. It's like a Deja Vu in a strip club? Yeah. Deja Vu is a love boutique. Yeah, Yeah. The love boutique next to the strip club. Yeah, but they have two escape rooms inside there. Uh, one Holy like a BDSM uh, style escape room. The other one is like a murderous stripper themed. Um, we got to beta test the BDSM one. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty amazing. Oh my God. I love yeah. everything about this. Yes. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Sadly, my favorite, my favorite escape room of all time, not of all time, but one of the all time uh, didn't survive the pandemic. Oh no! Yeah, it was called Heads Up. It was at the Meadows, uh, the Meadows Mall, um, and uh, yeah, it was a huge. They had like a three D art uh, photo uh, section. They had axe throwing. They had a oh yeah, it, it's like that weird abandoned mall. Yeah, yeah, the, the mall is kind of yeah. Dying. yeah. I, they, they I ch- regret. I did one of the rooms there, and then we didn't have time. And they go, and they go, but we should show you the set. So they show me the set of the Wild West thing. Yes, that, that's, never that's one of my favorite rooms. That, that kills me. Yeah, the only at that time it was the only seventy-five minute room in Vegas because it's so fucking huge and massive that you needed that much time to do it. Then they then they added another room called uh, it was the inside job like a casino heist. Ooh. Uh, again, my for me. The thing that make a room exciting for me are puzzles that are different, right? Like, don't give me, you know, I understand you. Okay. You got to give me these four digit numbers to find this lock. And if there's, if there's more than five padlocks in your escape, room, <laughs> I'm like, get more creative. So um, this place had, you know, magnetic doors and file cabinets and a fucking laser, uh, laser grid that you had to crawl through to, to get to uh, the item that you had to get into. I'm all like, what? I'm, that's amazing. Yeah. Sad there was an escape room that I did that was a heist. It was maybe my, one of my first heist rooms. And there's a moment where you, it was so great because we, we had just started doing escape rooms and there were these big like wire cutters, like bolt cutters. And it's chained the to the floor in the room okay. and they're chained to the floor. So they can only, they, they only get so far. Right. But you unlock the chain so you can get a little bit farther. And that's how you get through one of the padlocks. Is to cut it. Is to cut it. Cause you're heist people. Ah, like it wow. fits the theme so perfectly. Why are you solving locks? Right. So that's the so kind we, of shit I love. We called on the radio and we're like, we're going to do it. And they're like, do it. Dude. And we were like, this is, and every, every time they buy, they, they buy those locks in bulk. Of course. And every, and it was so fun. Like 
that's the kind of stuff that I love that kind of surprise where they let you do something like that. And you're like, this oh, is you're really all creative. Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. All right. I'm going to map out when we come back in April. If you're, if, uh, dark, we'll, we'll, I'm going to find an escape room that we can do on Wednesday and I'll find one that we haven't, you haven't done yet. All right. Great. And, and we'll lock it out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. For sure. I've done oh, some, man. some crazy shit. I mean, there was an escape room in New York. I don't think it exists anymore. So I probably can be a little bit spoilerly about it, but um, they chain you in a coffin. <laughs> it's only two people. Each one of you is chained in a coffin and uh, you're really chained in a coffin. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there's uh, one you're... here uh, at number one escape. Um, there's an the escape room here in Vegas called number one escape room. And they have a game called claustrophobia. And it's you and a partner and you're locked inside a box that like laying down. So something like that, I'm sure. But you're laying down. You got to work together to get out of this box. My wife won't oh, do that with me. I'll My do wife that won't one. do the play with me. So <laughs> I'm all about that. I should go do claustrophobia. I would love that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so we've, we've toured. We, we've gone. Uh, we started doing this on my 49th birthday. So my birthday three three years ago, forty eight. Because um, that means you've wasted forty nine years. <laughs> yes, because really, the, the first time I ever did an escape room, right, was was from I, you know, you heard about them. They're kind of getting popular. I'm like, okay, cool. They they finally had a couple of places here in Vegas. I was interested, but never really you know thought about it. And then my wife got it for my birthday, and uh, I was immediately hooked. Uh, I knew I'd best. like it. I didn't know that it was going to be that addictive. So oh, that's the best. We did, and another room that didn't hasn't didn't unfortunately didn't survive the pandemic was a room called a, a, a facility called Escape Reality, and uh, it was on Arville. And they had uh, it, I called it a great beginner escape room location because uh, you could they gave you an iPad and each puzzle was numbered, hmm. so you could scan the iPad. And it'll give you a clue to answer that puzzle. But then you, you can know where you were because the puzzle was numbered. Um, the first time we went in it, we did not solve that room at all. We, and my wife was kind of cocky. She did the, the most difficult room they ever had for our very first. Escape. Oh, no. Uh, we didn't make it halfway. Wow. Uh, we, yeah, we got 60 minutes. We spent 25 minutes in the very first room trying to figure out how to get out of this little tiny fucking room. There were six of us all crammed in this little tiny ass room. Uh, but then, so I was like, oh, I love it. Okay, I'm hooked. So we came back the next day, did a different room, just her and I, and solved it. Yeah. And that was it. From that on, that was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to do some escape room. Well, excellent, man. I knew having yeah. you on the cast was going to be fun. Boom, escape rooms. That's the big road hack. You don't have to do drugs. You no. just find an escape room. Yeah, just walk in a place. And the people who run the escape rooms are really, really nice. Like I've met a lot of the owners and they're yeah. just, it, you, most of them are enthusiasts. Most of them got into the business because they love escape rooms. Right. Um, and that also like, similarly, like when it comes to magic, I've found that being on the road, magicians are just, it's just really nice to be part of that sort of, uh, that group. Like you, 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 sh you show up in a city and somebody emails you and goes, Hey, I heard you're in this city. Let me show you around. Or like it's been, that's one of the, the, the blessings of, of the magic community in particular has right. been just magicians are so are, are, are 
so kind. And I, I've been very fortunate and, you know, it's, it's so nice. Like I remember being in Florida, some guys like, I basically have a magic museum at my house. Do you want to see it? And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was incredible. And that's that awesome. kind of stuff. It's amazing. Well, good, man. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to schedule that and get that set up as well. Uh, and maybe it was, and, and, and you know what there needs to be? There needs to be, I'm sure there have to be magician themed escape rooms. I actually helped design. I've uh, done one. I've done yeah. one. I did one in Seattle. I helped design one in New York called Houdini's Workshop. Um, I helped them come up with some of the magic-y puzzles. Uh, and then my uh, immersive uh, magic show, Scam, the Society of Conjurers and Magicians, uh, Scam New York, um, was part magic show, part escape room. So the idea was it was an immersive uh, experience where you're trying to be initiated into the society and part of your initiation where there's lots of uh, escape room-esque puzzles and challenges. That's um, and, it was, and it was for all skill levels. Like if you didn't know anything about escape rooms, you could still have fun and do stuff. If you were really, really advanced though, there was like multiple levels of puzzles. Um, oh, even when you were awesome. in that sort of waiting room sort of, um, right. it wasn't even announced, but there were like secret things hidden all over like the lobby that you could just <sighs> solve if you notice them um, and gain extra things. Um, so we image. had a lot, that was so, so, so much fun was designing just different puzzles and having them all really feel the big thing about the thing that I noticed from doing so many is the best ones are, it does, it's not about technology necessarily. You don't have to spend the most money. Give me a good story and have the puzzles connect to the story. That's Let me it. feel like I'm the hero of the story because I'm solving these puzzles and it can be pen and paper and I'm still into it. Yeah. There, um, there was an escape room out that's here. That's the thing that helps. Yeah, there was an escape room out here that was, um, uh, like uh, ancient Rome themed, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, why are you giving us walkie talkies? Right, that takes you out of it. Like, uh, I, these puzzles don't match. This doesn't fit the theme. Give me a good theme. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for theme. If it fits the storyline, absolutely, I love it. Yeah, although it's always funny when they're like, this is a serial killer room and your job is to find out who the next victim is. And I'm like, it's it's me, right? It's it's us. It's always <laughs> us. Right. It, it's always us. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're the, we we got to get out of here or we're going to die. Right? I did a sex-themed one in, in New York and it's run by Russians. Uh-huh. And um, they go, I, I, they go, I go, uh, I'm joking. And I go, I bet I got to put the right dildos in the right holes. And she goes, you've done the room before. <laughs> <laughs> that's great awesome sauce yeah we definitely have to we have to do that we'll schedule something uh i know that like again our, our podcast buddies are coming out in april around that time frame we'll uh we'll get together and hang out but uh well great harrison man it's been a pleasure talking with you and chatting with you sir uh uh let's do let's do all the official stuff where can the people find you Yes, they can find me uh, online at Harrison Comedy. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, my website's harrisongreenbaum.com. And I am currently uh, in Mad Apple. MadAppleLV.com is where you get tickets. Come see the first Cirque du Soleil show with stand-up comedy. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So it's, uh, it's an honor to be headlining that show. And uh, I would love for everybody who's listening to come check it out. It's really fun. Thank you very much. And you can know where you can find us, BigSexyNomad.com. Uh, big sexy at big sexy nomad all over the place. Uh, individually, I'm who is big sex at who is big sexy, and I am at psychic ish. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. Always a pleasure. Uh, 
Let's we'll have the chat offline and set some shit up and get them things going. Uh, I tell you, I safe travels to, to you and to everybody listening. Thank you very much. He, already, he knows the he knows the call out. Yeah, you froze right there at the end, Joby. We got to hit and hit. Ah, and then that's gotta it. love it. All right, I know you got is the music playing. You got some. There it is. Safe travels. Safe travels.